So you guys have been emailing me quite a bit, um, hitting me up on the social medias a lot, trying to get me to share with you my legendary patch technique that I'm kind of best known for. Um, you all know what I'm talking about, so I don't even need to bring it up. But, you know, like a lot, I, like a lot of people, I was hoarding my skills and looking at it as almost my treasure. And I realized it was just some sort of attachment, you know, and, and what am I attached to? Am I just attached to the, to the idea that maybe I want people to remember me long after I'm dead? I want to leave some sort of legacy behind. And yeah, I do. I really do. And, um, but you know what? I want that legacy to not only be this amazing, uh, my, my ability to speak for one, uh, but also this amazing patching technique that you've been hitting me up for. Um, I, I am going to share it. And it, of course, is the uh, the rockabilly voice through um, through modular setup. So without further ado, now how I do that, I know it sounds pretty amazing. And... What it is is pretty simple. It's it's the Expert Sleeper's Little Mikey. It's a module that I can plug my XLR cable or quarter-inch cable into. So I can put my microphone into this module and then run a patch cable out into anything that I want in my system. Um, so currently, I'm running it into the Kith Ruina from Noise Engineering, giving me that nice fuzzy overdrive. And then Chronoblob 2 from All Right Devices is giving that sweet, sweet slapback. That sounds, sounds like, like this. So if you're ready to start your rock and roll Billy, rock and roll Billy band, then head over to Expert Sleepers and check out Lil Mikey in combination with Noise Engineering Kith Ruina and Chrono Blob 2 from All Right Devices. Don't, Don't sleep on this stuff. It's, it's really, 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 really cool. cool. It's really cool. So the weather is nice again, and that is all great and everything, but one of the major downfalls that I always forget about until it gets nice again is that damn ice cream truck that comes to the apartment complex next door to my house and sits there and plays its plinky little music for about a half an hour every single day. And it's happening right now. Luckily you can't hear it. I can. Uh, if I take off my headphones. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. Um, today we have Matthew Hodson, a.k.a. Matts, M-A-T-T-H-S, on the show. You might know him from, uh, he's on Sonic State quite a bit on YouTube, and uh, he's had quite the, the musical uh, career. In fact, this new th- this new record he's got out uh, called Velocit uh, is playing right below me right now, and I highly recommend it. It's a real banger. Um, and we're going to get into that talk and talk about uh, how he made this and all that stuff. But first, I just want to say um, how grateful I am for the overwhelming support that I got. This 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 episode is, is coming out late because I was just uh, super burnt out from... Uh, 
from doing night I've been teaching night classes after the day job and then doing the podcast on top of that and then this last weekend um, I went and followed Bill Callahan around the Northwest got to see him Friday night in Portland and then again Saturday night in Seattle which was so awesome but by the time I got back on Sunday it was just uh, I just I just didn't have it in me so I'm very sorry and I posted something about that on on Instagram and I wow the the amount of positive like hey man no big deal take a break you know come back when you can I don't know it it made me feel very good and I just really really appreciate all your guys' support with that so um, yeah super cool um, also I've got some new Patreon subscribers who signed up for the patch Instagram thing well. I'm trying to reach out to you guys, but I haven't heard from you. You need to email me and tell me your adjective and nouns that you want me to use to uh, build your patch. So uh, do that. Speaking of Patreon, if, you're, if that sounds interesting, uh, you want me to build you a patch based off of your own adjective and noun prompt, go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Uh, to help out the show also regarding the patreon um there have been a number of people who have who have adjusted their uh their monthly pledge and and you know increased it and completely unnecessary but i just i appreciate that so much that's so so awesome um and like i said last week i uh I've been trying to be a little bit more active, uh, interactive on there and doing more bonus content. So, uh, yeah, I'm having fun with that. How about that Suzanne Ciani episode? That was pretty crazy, huh? It's pretty fun. Speaking of that, in Patreon, there's about 45 minutes of bonus content uh, that was not part of the episode that is only available to Patreon subscribers. So if you sign up for that you'll get to get some some of that bonus October 5th 2019 at the substation in Seattle Washington modular Seattle and patchworks present velocity a trade show synth meet workshops and performances I will be doing a live podcast recording there um, go to velocityseattle.com to check out the amazing lineup and uh, also we got two new modular podcasts to check out one of which is called the Source of Uncertainty Podcast, the Bukla Podcast for you. So clever. Uh, it's my buddy Kyle and his buddy Robert. So uh, they've got a little teaser episode out right now, just a minute long to kind of uh, tell you what, what the show's about. But they will be releasing their first episode very soon. And then the other is Esoteric Modulation um, with uh, Ed Ball and Ben Divkid Wilson. And they have two episodes out right now. So, uh, yeah, this is pretty exciting. Um, you know, as I've said, I've listened to a lot of comedy podcasts, but there's not a whole lot of modular podcasts. And, uh, yeah, we just we just got two more. So please go check those guys out. Have I ever mentioned uh, Nathan Moody and his masterful mastering mastery and his excellent mixing uh, notes and, and mixing in general? Well... If I haven't, let me just tell you about ObsidianSound.net. If you need your album mixed, mastered, or if you just need some uh, mixed notes on something you're working on, Nathan is the man for the job. He he's done he's done work for me personally. My new album that's coming out in late September uh, was mastered by him, and I cannot be happier with how it turned out. And the process of uh, of working with him was was not only quick and easy but it was also delightful I, I learned a lot um, 
and I've never sounded better. So thank you, Nathan, for that. He's also worked with uh, our Benny and Dark Sparkler and Donald Crunk, all sorts of awesome, awesome artists. So if you need some help with a mix or some mastering, please go to obsidiansound.net and uh, hit up Nathan Moody. Tell him I sent you for a discount. Also, I want to tell you about um, another San Francisco guy, Eric Needham, Needham Woodworks. If you want some fine handcrafted furniture that is also a Eurorack modular case that's completely custom, that is unlike any other one in the world because he doesn't use a form factor. He builds each one completely uniquely. And you can check out the episode that I did an interview with him on. Um, that wasn't very good English, but you get what I'm saying. He was on the show not too long ago. And when you hear him talk about his process, it is he's very, very passionate about it. And uh, that's how you know you're going to get some good stuff. So please go check out uh, Needham Woodworks, N-E-E-D-H-A-M, woodworks.com. And uh, yeah, get yourself an awesome custom modular case. All right, let's check out a demo and then get into our chat with Matt. All right. So I've mentioned that uh, Expert Sleepers has released some firmware updates for the Disting Mark IV. There's actually been two firmware updates this year of 2019. There was one in February and then one this month in June. Um, so we're going we're gonna to check some of those out. I'm actually going to go back to the update from, uh, from February because I really want to show you this DJ filter. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to run two oscillators and a drum beat. Uh, all into one mixer and then molt that out um, and then show you the dry signal and then I'm going to run it through the filter. Um, so first up, the only thing not going to the filter is going to be my drum, my kick drum, which is the oscilloscape from recovery effects. Uh, now let's just check out this, this uh, unfiltered mix. I've got the make noise tell harmonic, the Erica Pico drums, and then I've got the Aerialist oscillator from After Later Audio, which is uh, a very affordable and very uh, useful module. Not a lot of frills, just some pretty standard saw, triangle, sine, and pulse wave out, a little CV control. But yeah, if you want, you want something under 200 bucks, that's just going to be a nice, just simple oscillator to have as a backbone. Very, very highly recommend it. Anyways... So, not that interesting sounding, to be honest, I don't think. This patch, anyways, is what I'm talking about. But let's, uh, let's just run it through the DJ filter really quick. So, I've got the resonance, like, halfway up, and now I've got the cutoff all the way down. So, let's start bringing that up. You mean resonance, Tim? Resonance is what we termed up. Now I know what you're thinking. That sounds pretty cool. Um, but Tim, you're not very good at, at, at uh, Skrillexing that knob. Well, yeah. Neither is Skrillex. He uses 
Well, he uses fake control voltage because he uses computers. But I'm going to use some real control voltage from the ornament and uh, ornament and crime. I got the min uh, the micro ornament and crime also from After Later Audio. Um, I love it, the vector LFO. But check this out. This is where the DJ filter really shines. Of course, you can still mess with the frequency manually to, to get that range uh, that you have the CV to play with, just how you like it. Turn that resonance up. Let's uh, mess, mess with different shapes for this LFO. <laughs> Yes, I know the ornament in crime is technically a computer, so my Skrillex joke wasn't that fair. So if you're in the middle of writing me a strongly worded email, I'll just save you the trouble now. I was just making a joke. That's my personal favorite. Now just for fun, I want to throw in uh, this Kith Ruina from Noise Engineering. Um, this isn't going to be a proper demo. I'm still, I'm still getting to know it, but uh, I like, I like it. I'm having a lot of fun. So let's just turn down this really quick. Here's the that original signal. So the Kith Ruina is like this nice, uh, like, guitar amp distortion module. So right now I've got the drive, the high, and the low knobs all at noon, and then there's a mid switch that will. Uh, if it's flipped up, you have mids. If it flips down, you don't. So let's just turn this drive all the way up. Turn these highs all the way up. Turn the lows all the way up. Now let's turn the highs all the way down. And vice versa. Cut those mids. So yeah, there's a little taste of the, the Kith Ruina from Noise Engineering. Let's listen to this DJ filter just one more time. Ooh, I wonder if they sound cool mixed together. So go to expertsleepers.co.uk to learn more about all these new awesome uh, firmware updates and keep an ear out on the podcast because I'm going to be going through some more demos of them. And go to noiseengineering.us to see all the cool stuff that they've been doing lately, uh, particularly this uh, Kid Ruina. Nice, compact overdrive. I was just saying it's it's pretty it's it's flattering to hear someone like you saying that you've been listening to the show. It's it's uh it's kind of been a surreal experience for me. Yeah, I so thank you. Uh, yeah, I listen to it a lot when I go out on mainly when I'm out on my walks in the countryside around the UK just in fields and things like that. So you've you've kind of been the soundtrack to a lot of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, right on. Just to well, put that it in, sounds good to me. Just so you can get a vibe for how how it gets listened to in different ways. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually it's driving in a car or at work. So right. that, that's much better. 
So do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Matt's fine. Right on. Yeah, Matt's well, fine. And my new my new artist name is Maths with two T's. Yeah, I was I was going to ask how <laughs> is it Matt mixed with Maths and it sounds like that's what it is. Yeah, it's just it's just a shortening <laughs> of my name really and uh, so yeah, just Maths um and it's also I guess a play on that well-known Euro rack module by right. Make I Noise. was wondering. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I just listened to uh, Velocit. Oh um, yeah. Last night, yeah. Very, very well done. Um, and it, thanks, I, man. It made me think. Um, it made me kind of remember how I do not know how to dis- like distinguish between different electronic music genres. But is that techno? I think that's, so. That's yeah, I, I would yeah, say so. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like 126, 28 BPM kind of thing. So it's pretty fast and mm-hmm. you know, four to the floor techno, I guess. Yeah, but I, I also I think because I use a lot of weird delays and reverbs, so I I kind of call it psychedelic techno. Def, I could definitely see that. Um, it had well, the first thing that I noticed is how how layered it felt and how how distinguished all those layers were. You know, yeah. I could could pick them all out and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a cool. very textured, textured piece there. Cool, man. Um, but we can get into that. I kind of want to get some background before we, because you got a lot of stuff going on right now. But I want to get into how did Matt get started in music? How old were you? Um, what was the first instrument? Was there a first album or song that grabbed you and and pulled you in and made you like decide I'm that's that's the world for me? Okay, yeah. Uh, should, should we just start and get straight into it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, well, I'm recording, so we're all good. Um, okay, so yeah, where did it start? For, I guess it started for me really when um, I used to. I come from a guitar background and playing guitars and playing in bands, and mm-hmm. you know, I I was in the nineties. I was big into the whole sort of Nirvana thing, um, and playing in that all that sort of world electronic music really didn't jump out to me until the prodigy started releasing music and my brother mm-hmm. was kind of buying their records and bringing them home um and that was that was that was when i kind of first got into and started hearing electronic music coming into my my sort of world and um but but what i was doing at the same time i was playing the guitar and i was getting into buying just weird guitar pedals mainly you know delay pedals and reverbs Mm -hmm. which um found myself moving away from playing distorted guitar to kind of noodling with strange delay times which would make me play the guitar in different ways you know that whole thing where you where you start playing with the instruments and with the sound rather than just going oh i'm just playing the guitar and it's reacting to me you start reacting to the way that you're playing and the sounds that you're making, particularly with delays, totally. you know, all yeah, that. Yeah, I was just going to say delays. You could, that's when you can really start messing with different types of picking patterns and getting some pretty wild results. Absolutely. And that, that for me, sort of opened up a can of worms. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is, you know, you can have a real relationship with, with an instrument. And, and that was really exciting. And also just thinking of the guitar, less of this kind of thing, just with six strings that you just play rock music with. It was suddenly like, what, what can I do with this? What else can I, what, how else can I 
work with this instrument and, and turn it into something else. And so, yeah, it, it blew up from there. And then um, my dad did buy some synths, these kind of cheap Casios or something. That I remember them being mm-hmm. in the house when <laughs> I was younger. They had lots of sliders on them. I really wish I could remember what model it was because it actually had a lot of different tonality to it. You can change all these sliders and do lots of crazy stuff with it, but I really can't remember what it was, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then, some of that old stuff is, is really cool. I was just talking to my friend about that the other day. Um, I just like this Yamaha Porta sound from like the 80s oh, that yeah. I really, really liked. Yeah. Yeah. It had one voice on it that almost sounded like kind of like a Rhodes through a tremolo or something. It was... Um, I mean, obviously not as good because it was a 18 inch long keyboard that ran on batteries. But yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I think I've still, I think I've got something like that. I've got, a, yeah, I can see it over in the corner of the studio. I've got this small little quirky keyboard, but I'm, <laughs> I think I, I kept them basically because I'm, I remember them being really noisy on the decay of the sound, and then when mm-hmm. when you run that through a distortion pedal. Um, and some of the distortion pedals kind of had this kind of compression on it where it bring up the noise and I'd be playing around with that a lot. So, um, yeah, definitely going to charity shops as well was a big thing when I was younger and just trying to find really cheap sound instruments, you know, anything I could find really and running them through I effects. I still do that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, you know, car boot sales, I love it. I'm, Mm-hmm. I, you know, I am secretly walking around as well, hoping that someone's throwing out a vintage VCS3 or something and don't, they don't Absolutely. know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for a Rhodes. That's why I go to right. the, like, the Goodwill and all that. I'm just hoping to find one. But... One day, man. One day. <laughs> <Yeah>. Who knows? <laughs> Hang in there. I'm glad yeah. to know it's not just me. Um, <laughs> I think that the, the big light bulb moment for me, though, was when I was reading, I think it was Computer Music Magazine or something similar and there was this tiny little article at the time about you can plug your guitar or instrument directly into your pc and you can record and i must have read that sentence a hundred times and i was just like hang on a minute (laughs) what really um what do i need for this you know you just needed a cheap pc and i think i bought a sound blaster live sound card um and it arrived and I saved up all my money working in the local chip shop or, and, and, and that, you know, just whatever jobs I could do. And then I bought this home and I had, uh, I think it was Acid by Sony, Sony Music Acid yeah, at the time. Yeah. And um, bingo, plugged the guitar in, managed to route it through to input one, recorded the first thing, was was just a strum with a guitar, and that was it from there on. I'm just that was it i was in the sort of recording world and and i found a connection with something that i wanted to well which i have basically spent the rest of my life working in really mm-hmm. and and that yeah, was it that's kind of similar for me i i wanted i wanted to be able to record my my uh, indie indie folk rock or whatever it was that i was into at the time and yeah got yeah got into being able to record myself through an interface onto my own PC and then you know through plugins and yeah. MIDI stuff and then yeah and then and then a Yamaha CS2X shows up and yeah, <laughs> just kind of rolls downhill from there <laughs> I, me- I remember though my PC was so underpowered that I could run maybe two different plugins and I'd have to yeah. render things down <laughs> yep and it was so frustrating cuz I had I had these sounds in my head and I was like had these really interesting sort of textures I wanted to get down 
uh-huh. and my my PC was just falling over all the time because of the processing power. And I, I was just sat there, just thinking this 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 machine at this moment in time isn't allowing me to put down everything that's going on in my head which is really annoying and i was just thinking i can't wait for another 10 20 years to pass when these machines are going to be so (laughs) powerful which of course they are now yeah i remember like like uh having a bunch of takes on a guitar part and just finally feeling like i'm nailing this take and then it drops out yeah and it's like oh okay well i have to start over better restart my computer (laughs) yeah no man and then and then when i uh yeah, I moved from the northeast, northeast Lincolnshire is where I'm from in, in the UK, and I moved to London and I studied at university at uh, the university, what's now the University of West London, it was Thames Valley University then. And uh, that's when that's when I studied and I got my degree in MA in music, technology, audio production. And um, okay. That's when I was introduced to Logic and Pro Tools and, and Ableton, and, and that was kind of that's when I got hard into it really. And I was I had access to some amazing studios. In fact, I spent most of my time in a studio very few people wanted to be in, which was which was at the university, and it was this tiny little cupboard room, Studio Four <laughs> in the uh, in the Ealing Film Studios actually, which was a cool place because there was always cool films going on. And in that room, there was a System 100. There was um, a VCS-3, some Kurtz files, a DX7, a Wasp. There was uh, nice. uh, Analog nice. Solutions modular. And everything was hooked up over CV. And I, again, I just connected with that room. And no one really wanted to go in it. And and that's when I, I was playing around just immersing myself with the vcs3 and and a modular for the first time actually yeah that really spans the the technological gamut of like electronic music <laughs> yeah. <making> tools yeah <laughs> so yeah So that's a great room to have access to i can't believe that's so, so strange to me that no one wanted to hang out in there i think people would now maybe more definitely i think people yeah, yeah they'll all be fighting over that room now but at the time <laughs> you know it was everyone was like getting into nords and and just being in the box a little bit more i suppose and there was something yeah. that i just gravitated towards with this kind of and i suppose that's the thing about working with hardware is is that it's tactile and it's instant and you reach for a dial and you turn it and there's instant feedback and and that kind of thing and then there's the whole interfaces you know the vcs3 I, you know, it looks like a safe, you know, with the big dials on it. And there's no keyboard and this little, you know, pad to put pins in to connect things together. And and yeah. that, that made, all of that makes me respond to the way that I compose and work with music in a totally different way when you're introduced to a different interface. Uh, the black and white keyboards of a, of a piano, I'd still, you know, I can play and dabble around with them, but I don't really connect to that in the same way. I'm, I, yeah totally yeah i'm i'm right there with you and i think i was talking about this with uh eric from landscape um and we 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 went off forever about how much the interface and just the the layout of it can really influence and invite you and even invi- like invite you in to play it like some things you yeah. look at and you're like i don't know what that does but i want to figure it out and sometimes it pays off and sometimes you're like well it was just cool looking but yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think there's something to be said. Even even like the Ableton Push Two, you know, working in that grid mm-hmm. format is kind of cool. And I and some of the sort of 
quirky i ipad apps that i use and and install just because of there's a there's something in the interface that allows me to approach composition in a in a particular way um mm-hmm. because because we always even you know as artists it doesn't matter how old you are and how long you've been doing this you're always searching for for inspiration in the way that you approach writing music and and, and mm-hmm. putting all that together i think you know um yeah you know guitarists do it by changing up their pedal boards and um the guitars and the types of strings and all that you know we there's lots of things that influence us in um besides just this kind of inherent personal kind of uh i need to get some music out there and i've got this this need to do it there's there's this connection that we have with the music and it's it's the interface like you say yeah yeah and i, and I think there's something with with modular that's kind of um it's almost to the nth degree of that. Oh, like, yeah. And a lot of people coming from, like I, I too came from the world of guitar pedals, you know, like I yeah. just had a massive pedal board and I came, became more interested in playing with those than the guitar. And so modular was just the, the logical next step. Um, yeah. And it's funny, like I, I just, um, I kind of shied away from drums for a while because um, most of my electronic stuff that I've made before um, getting into modular was very beat driven, very crunchy. So I was like, I want to make an ambient album. I did that. And now I'm just like, okay, now I want beats. So I got this Variegate eight plus and I'm already like seeing how my old, my old, like, um, music making styles coming mm-hmm. back, but I'm also seeing how this thing is going to, um, kind of lead me in certain directions okay. because of just the, the interface of it. So yeah, I could talk about this kind of shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all could. Um, yeah, I mean, so that that was that was kind of like the beginning for me, and, and being in mm-hmm. London and and that kind of thing. And then I moved to Brighton after I graduated. A few years afterwards, I was working at that university. I was I got into teaching, and I still teach now. I run a music production course. At, um, oh, cool! The, the Britain, British and Irish Modern Music Institute in Brighton. We've we've got them all around the country. And we've got them in Berlin, and we're opening one in Hamburg. It's and um when i moved to brighton i was i i hadn't used that kind of equipment for a long time i kind of went back in the box i was producing a lot of bands and artists i was up and down you know, working in studios in london i used to work in um one in hackney and work with some great artists there uh coming in out we'd you know we'd have the guys from um uh simi mobile disco james ford coming in quite a bit and working with artists and got to work with artists like nick cave recording some, oh, wow. some of the grinder man stuff some That's sessions cool. for that um for the bbc and uh yeah all sorts of different bands and artists and um it was around the time sort of MySpace was was blowing up and everybody uh-huh. everybody just suddenly got a band together so <laughs> y- you know we had bands coming through the door who'd been together for a week and just wanted yeah. to record something <laughs> which was a great way to really cut my teeth working under pressure um you know sort of beat detecting everything and chopping everything up and making everyone sound great basically inside of pro tools if there was problems with performance and things like that um so that was a great time but i i did that for quite a number of years working in studios and you know doing the 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 producer engineering thing and but i kind of um you know it's i just sorry to interrupt you but you saying that as i was listening to that to uh your your two new songs uh i guess it'd be an ep right they're both 10 minutes long yeah um so velocity i was listening to that i was thinking 
Oh, oh, he's he's a he's like a, a mix engineer. Like I was, I was, I, I could tell that, right. and I was, I was like, he either had this mixed by somebody who's really good, or he knows, like, because not all of us do that, you know. Some of us are just musicians, and right. other people mix our stuff. So yeah. this is all, this all makes sense now. Like, like looking back to me listening to that. So oh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. just wanted to yeah give you some props there because it sounds just like I said earlier, just so layered and awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've. Um yeah, I've done a lot. Of, I've done mixing. I've done mastering for for numerous artists. I still do now and then, but to be honest, I'm, my focus is is working on my own stuff right now more than anything. But yeah, um, but th- there's a, I guess yeah. Thanks for saying that. And the, the 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 way that I approach mixing is well. We I was kind of going to get onto this later on, but I mean, my yeah, sorry, my, I totally no, no I it's totally cool. Don't need to derail you there. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's I, I suppose my. What I because I've worked so many years in studios and working with computers and editing and micro editing and making people sound great, I I kind of wanted to move away from just working with the computer, which then made me naturally gravitate to working with hardware. But the, my latest releases um, that have just gone out on uh, Fat Cat Records, FCR, which has been great working with that label, by the way, they're they're awesome. Um, mm-hmm. That the way that they were made were essentially they were live jams and everything happening at once, which allowed me to sort of come up with, I come up with a few musical ideas, some sounds, and then I basically jam it out and record it down as, um, into the computer as a multi-track. I do a little bit of tweaking, bit of EQing, uh, a little bit of compression if needed. Um, and that's it. I render it out and okay. it's done. So I, I don't want to spend hours editing on a computer now. I'm, I've done that. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the advantages of modular and what I really have enjoyed about it is because I, I love mixing stuff. I'm like amateur mixer. Mm. Um, and I, and I spent a lot of time in the box doing that and have had a lot of fun, but it seems like you do that before you record now because these machines are just so, there's just so many pieces to them that you can really carve out the exact sound that you want before, and then you don't have to fix it in post. You can like yeah. get your your polished project ready to go. Um, so when you mentioned multi-track, that was another thing mm. to like this for for people listening to get something as layered sounding as you. I know a lot of people just basically go into like a stereo mixer, and then they mm. got two tracks. How many how many tracks are you running if you're trying to record for an album? Yes, like every single piece its own track. Yeah, basically the way I way I've got it, I've got the stereo output being recorded, and then I've got basically every every major component has got a um, a splitter cable on it, which goes to its own dedicated input on the on the sound card. It goes to a mixing okay. desk first, and then it goes to the sound card. So um, what have I got? I've got some st- uh, stereo chord stuff going on the piston honda in stereo i've got v- uh, vco6 on its own by schwayman and a distortion on its own so there's six channels already so okay. there's there's a good 10 10 channels just coming from the modular and then i've got some stereo auxiliary returns which are mainly guitar pedals the strymon big sky the Strymon mm-hmm. L Capistan for delay. Oh man, I love that. That's a that's a big part of my sound. That Capistan now, I, I absolutely okay. love that delay. It's it's just so so vibey. I love it. Um, so I have them, and I have got um, an Echo Park by uh, who's that by TC TC Electronic, okay. I think. So I've got three guitar pedals there, which are all hooked up onto auxiliaries. They go into their own stereo inputs 
as a multi-track into Ableton and everything's just recorded down as audio basically on its own tracks which I think it's important to do because if I ever want to go back do a remix or um, yeah. I do I'd write stuff for TV and adverts and things like that so if there's ever anything I can take out from there and it might might work on the new whatever advert then I can I can take elements of that and take things away and throw it around and and play with that so yeah, yeah I, I think yeah that's a good move and there's there's been so many times that I've revisited patches that are recorded and, I, and I've just been like if I could just take that one piece <laughs> out it would be so much better and then it just doesn't do anything because I can't take that out so that is uh that's yeah because I'm I'm kind of I'm thinking about starting to write my new album and I'm wondering mm. like um do I just get a bunch of mixers and uh I, I want at least four different tracks um, so yeah. I can have a little bit more creative freedom as far as mixing and fading in and out and yeah. whatnot. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I total, we total, oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's one side of it. I multi-track stuff out like that, but when, when I'm playing live, because everything of mine sits in a seven, U a hundred and what is it? 106 or 108 HP. I should know this case. Um, when I play Is live, the make noise like the make noise travel case. Uh, no, this this was one I built. It was from oh, uh, okay. uh, Ross Lamond when he was doing his DIY cases. I bought two of them oh, as, okay. as seven cool. U's, and they come with a lid. They're really really light, uh, very mm -hmm. light wood, but very very strong. And um, I run everything basically into little Intelligel mix-ups, and they act mm -hmm. as my little mixers basically in there. And they've got mutes and obviously volume on them. And and that sums everything in there. So when I'm playing live, I just give the sound person just a, a stereo left and right straight out of the modular, basically. So yeah. Um, so so yeah. When I'm recording my albums, when I'm recording my songs and stuff, I'm recording stereo track out, the individual outputs, and I've got lots of, lots of options for for playing around. And then when I go out and play it live it's it's exactly the same i put i put the lid on my case and i turn up at the gig and i open it up and we're good to go right on well that's good to hear i, I like i like having everybody kind of lay out their their studio versus live setup just so people listening can get ideas because yeah. everybody you know everybody's always talking to each other how do you do this how do you do that so it's, it's good to hear it's been a big yeah. sort of battle of mine this this whole kind of when i first got into modular was I thought, oh, you know, this is this is amazing, and I was making some great stuff in the studio, and then I started getting offered some gigs, and I and I thought, okay, how do I take all of this equipment out and do it live? <laughs> and it just uh -huh. wasn't an option. So I got inspired by a few other artists out there who who basically took the approach of saying, I'm just going to limit myself to seven U, and that's going to be it. That's what I'm going to make music with in the studio, and that's what I'm going to perform with live and then it's essentially one and the same in the studio and when you play live and um i it's important for me to try and keep a consistency in my sound i think as well as as an artist you try and keep that consistency so and i also want to be able to play so like my latest releases loop and velocet i want to i want to be able to play them out and people go well anyone who knows the music will be able to go oh i know this track great you know and yeah, that's been my my biggest struggle. But I think some, with uh, with a Variegate Eight Plus, I'm going to be able to do that. I'm pretty stoked. Um, Wicked. Yeah, the the repeatability is something um, 
reproducibility, I guess, yeah. is uh, something that seems to kind of be non-existent in the scene that, you know, the, the live shows that I go to, you know, and, and if mm-hmm. I like, so I just, I finished an album and when I do a release party, I don't think I'm going to be playing anything that sounds, that maybe I'll play stuff similar to, but I won't be playing the album. Okay. Because, you know? um, only because I don't think I could. I mean, it would, right. take, it would take a lot of work to reproduce it. You know, I'd have to remember what I did and, um, but yeah. I think if maybe still so you start from the beginning from the get go with that as the plan. So do you take detailed notes on how to get there or it's, it's all the, the patching system that I use. It's it all kind of stays pre patched, you know, oh, pretty, okay. the way I see it, I've built, I've built a, an instrument. I've built, I've, I've chosen, this is my bass oscillator, my bass filter, and, and these are the envelopes I'm going to use for that. And then they can run into a distortion if I want using little mixers. I can use auxiliary sends. So I've got loads and loads of flexibility that I've built into something that is pre-patched. But okay. lots and lots that, of... And, you know, it's took uh, me the best part of a year and a half getting this system to something that is so flexible but so kind of rigid. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because when I was listening to... Um, when it went from uh, Velocet to Loop last night, like when the track ch- changed, I was like, oh, this is like the same like voice. Yeah. And, you know, but, but like a totally different track. And I, I thought that was really cool. So that makes sense. And that, that's like something that is enticing to me, but it's also terrifying because I tear my, I tear complete patches like yeah. apart three times a day. Like I've never yeah. had pa- anything <laughs> patched more than two, three days maybe. So, yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I like that idea of turning it into an instrument. Like yeah, this is my thing. That's that's the approach, and and you're right. There will be some similarities in in the sound between the songs. But I guess that's where I start building up my voice, and people maybe start recognizing, oh, oh, that's that's Matt's sort of bass sound or whatever. And I can, well, yeah, yeah. If I get, totally, I loved it. If I get bored of my my main bass oscillate, which is the Schwemann VCO6, which I love by the way, um, uh-huh. you know, if I get bored of that, I'll swap it out for something else. I've got the same notes going into it. I'll just have a different slightly different timbre coming out of a different oscillator but um i should say that all the, all the notes at the minute so all, all of the sequencing um i used to use the hermod by squap instruments uh-huh. i use the eloquencer as well um i used to use a renee love the renee used to that was that again going back to interface design that that was something that was just like wow this is this is off the charts in terms of yeah. in- interface. <laughs> um, but um, I needed something I could recall. I needed to play those same notes when I play out live because that, that's, that's my, my approach is that. And I get modular. Some people probably listen to this and go in, but modular is not about that. It's about starting fresh each time and it's not about reproduction. And yeah, I get that. But it can also be about that as well. I, I, and I think that's fine. Um, yeah, I, you know... There's, I mean, there's, there's some, this, this thing is so limitless, Mm. um, that I don't think that anybody saying modular should be like, (laughs) that's where I just want to stop them and be like, no, there's no finish to that sentence. (laughs) But also I kind of wonder, and this is, I am just, I'm throwing shade only at my, in my direction. So listener, do not take this as an affront, but I think maybe the approach to, oh, no, modular isn't about recreating is only because, <laughs> for me, that recreation would be really, really, really hard to do. Right. Like, 
Yeah. Like playing like like playing a whole album, like record a whole album with a modular and then go out and perform that whole album. Yeah. That'd be really, really fucking hard to do. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think maybe maybe that's why people don't do it as often. I don't know. Yeah. I know I can that's I get that, but I for me the way <laughs> so yeah, the the sequences, all the MIDI notes at the minute are coming from an Electron Octatrack Mark II. Okay which goes into the expert sleepers FH2, which then converts MIDI to CV and kicks it out to my system. Now, those notes and those gates, so the CV and gates go to the same things each time. So I know in a particular, I, I can see lights flash and go, oh, look, that envelope's being triggered by something. Oh, I'm, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right on this track. I need that, the K time needs to be like that. And oh, yeah, that filter needs to be opening like that. So there's a little bit of me relearning the song um, uh-huh, when I'm playing uh-huh. it live as well, so it's not it's not going to be 100 percent accurate and all the same. I'm there's going to be things that I'll do differently each time, and or forget to open and close something, or something might be in the wrong octave, or and that that allows me to kind of um, keep inspired and and keep it fun as well. So it, it, otherwise, I might as well people are listening to this and just thinking, well, you might as well just use a laptop and press play, you know, for it to be the same. It's never the well, same. Yeah, and that that was just making me think of something. If I played live as often as you, and if if my if my kind of the the my the the endeavor the end the end game of my making music was to try to like tour or play live, I think I would do exactly what you're doing. You know, a seven right. U case, yeah, and then some external gear like electron stuff, maybe something like Odulus with an iPad, yeah. you know, yeah. with some expert sleeper stuff. Um, because it's a easier to travel with and do you, you know, you don't need, you don't need 15 U on stage. That would just be like, it sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) And the the main things that I'm starting to learn about, well, actually when I first started playing live, um, going back, I used to go under the name Bitbin, um, and I was signed to Herb Recordings and I had had some music out on that label then. And it was quite sort of boards Canada-y sounding so uh-huh. it's quite lo-fi okay. and and then of course i went out and played that live in a few local bars and clubs and people just weren't going for it because it was so it was so atmospheric and ambient and and textural and people were there not to listen to that kind of thing they wanted four to the floor so yeah what that in what that made me do is go back to the studio and go okay right i'm going to start composing stuff that i i know the environment i'm playing this in now are going to be Places where at late at night or early in the morning when people are going to want to kind of have a boogie and they're not really interested in the really the things that I spent about three hours programming the tiniest little clicks here and there. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's gone now. It's about yeah. it's about visceral big sounds. And and so therefore that's informed my approach to playing live all these years. And, and a big part of my sound now is big bass sounds and mm-hmm. distortion and and big stereo width uh this kind of big immersive kind of sound that's that's what i go for i'm quite a man of extremes when it comes to making sounds for when i'm playing and and uh and recording putting my stuff together it has to it has to be big or it's not there at all uh, i'm right there you with know? you man <laughs> yeah um, when I was uh, first record, when I was first doing um, my electronic stuff out live, 
what what I did is I, I made everything with hardware in, and recorded into Logic, and, yeah. and I made my own samples, cut everything up. But then when it was time to play live, what I would do is just bounce out just tiny pieces of every song, just basically my remix stems. And then no matter what the BPM of the song is, I would just I'd make my, my Ableton 110, and then I would just like put all my tracks in and kind of basically just do a mashup of mine because some yeah. of my tracks... I had the same thought as you. I was like, I just want to keep this four to the floor because I'm playing in, in bars, you know? Yeah. I'm playing where people are going to be drinking. So, yeah, they don't, people who are drinking don't care about, yeah, like the pops and clicks that are so perfectly timed, yeah. like you just said. So, I'm right there with you because you're not only like, so, like, I feel like it's, it's, it's definitely a mode of self expression, but I view, I view what I record in the studio and then put out on as a release as my self-expression. If I'm playing live, I kind of more view it as I'm trying to provide a service, which is have fun to a group of people. Yeah. So, um, and whoa, pod mod exclusive. Somebody's knocking on my door. (laughs) So (laughs) can I uh, take like a real quick break and see what's happening? Go for it. All right. I'll be right back. (laughs) All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. That's cool, man. Somebody just asking if I was parked behind them, and I was not, if the listeners can Oh, I thought it might have been a postman <laughs> delivering a module. <laughs> I was hoping that it, yeah, I'm actually expecting one, so I was kind of hoping it was that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, what are you getting? Um, I'm getting uh, a distortion module from uh, Noise Engineering. Ah. I can't think of the, the model right now. I feel like okay. it starts with a K. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. It's a new one. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And you'll have to let me know. I'm I love distortion, as like I just mentioned. I've got the um, the Strackle Brulu as my main distortion unit, which I run bass through, which kind of screams. And then I've got the new uh-huh. uh, Lead Rover by uh, Voicas or Voices V O I C A S. That's that's pretty okay. gnarly as well. And then um, actually, I've got one of the old Roland torcidos you know roland did those little boxes um and you you hook them up to your computer and it's modular inside and you can add modules and that kind of thing i don't do you remember those i've never heard no i don't i don't yeah they they did torcid they did a delay they did a kind of bit crushy one they did a loop one and they did a distortion one and they did a short run of them and i don't know why they didn't work out or people weren't into them but i i have the torcido and I, um, the torcidos are basically stereo in, stereo out distortion. But when you hook it up to your computer, um, you can basically see, kind of see a virtual inside that module, and then you can start 
adding VCAs or um, delays oh, wow. or whatever to it. And I've, I've just basically chained a load of different distortions into one another. So it's like distortion going into distortion into distortion. And then <laughs> I can change the quantities of those as well. And because it's stereo, it's wide and it's big. And through a big PA, it just sounds absolutely gnarly. So I, I have kind of like three or four different flavors of distortion, which I can use for layering, some are stereo, some are mono. And I, um, okay. I played at the um, Superbooth gig recently. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. played um, played on a massive system there. And I joined Soundcheck. I was checking it out. And, yeah, the the low end that, that I'm able to get out of my um, my case now when I'm playing live with, with the distortion and, and the VCO6 and uh, all that kind of stuff, it's just... Yeah, it just sounded awesome. It sounded exactly as I thought it would be on a big on a big system. Nice, so was, yes, nice. super stoked. Well, I, I have some uh, some suggestions if you want some some pretty uh, some heavy duty glitch fuzz. Yes, like Doom uh, recovery effects. Bad comrade. Okay, um, that's that is uh, it's like a delay glitch fuzz, but it's noise it's noisy, but it's it's like. It's like from the depths of hell, Wicked. like just crunchy. And then um, Recovery also makes, uh, it's called the Motormatic, and it's a two-channel, um, it's, it's a ring modulator, but it, it, it sounds very bit-crushy. It's like, it's, uh, it, does, it does some really cool stuff, and they both have CV control. Um, so yeah, maybe check out some of the demos of that. Um, it's my good friend Wicked. Greg makes those, okay. and I, I love them, yeah. Um, and then the cutting room floor, actually, the same. I'm just looking at my all my distortions. This it's not it's not a distortion, but it's a delay that does some weird, some really weird warpy stuff. But because of the the nature of the chip that he uses in it, it it is just overdriven. So okay, cool. But, yeah, there's some stuff to check out for you if you like distortions. Absolutely, yeah, all over that. Definitely gonna check that out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and so where where were we? We we're talking about creating live. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I guess. Yeah. Did you have anything else to well, top, top that off? Yeah. Or? I mean, I've got. Having said all this, kind of this approach about going out and playing live and it being big and bad and sort of in your face kind of thing, I am actually doing a gig in Rough Trade East. I'm supporting um, Ooh, a, nice. a group called Devox, who are uh, based in the UK. They've just had a, a released a brilliant album, and they've asked me to play in support of the release sort of launch of their album so they've asked me to do a, a special ambient set so that's going to oh. be 20 minutes and i'm i've been told i'm not allowed to use kick drums and stuff so i'm be- <laughs> <laughs> so um it's a bit of a change up for me but because the audience is expecting an ambient set therefore i'm going to really indulge with it and and really play with uh you know reverbs and delays and and let things m- move and swell and take time a little bit more um so that's going to be fine and you know i don't know about you but i still have a tendency when i play live to kind of rush a little bit and totally 100 percent. you know i write show notes down and always on the top of my show notes is in big block leathers like breathe breathe yeah. have fun remember yeah. this is supposed to be fun yeah you know? <laughs> exactly you've got to it's so true man i mean you've got to let the you forget this you you kind of feel this pressure on when you're on stage that you have to be doing something every single second i must be turning a dial or something totally and let mm-hmm. things breathe let the audience 
the audience needs to connect with a with a rhythm or a sound or something for you know at least a few times for that to run around for them to kind of get mm -hmm. into something and connect with it. You know, if you just keep changing it up and all that kind of well, I guess it, it depends what style of music you're doing. But if it's too much too soon, it can yeah and not only can it disconnect the audience but also you, you're going to run out of stuff you know what should be a half an hour set you could get through in five minutes and you're like oh no oh, what, totally. what do i do now <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's been my like i've i've just kind of i've i've got um i've got well 13 you now but i i tr i play out with with seven because i don't right. want to lug two cases and if i want to get really crazy i'll bring the Pittsburgh modular uh, microvolt with me because that's pretty easy to pack okay. along yeah. with everything. Um, but yeah, the, I've just now reached a point. I think, I think the, what, what you have for gear um, is almost as important as like the experience that you have with creating live sets and being mm. able to have something last more than, but I think I, I'm to the point where I think I could get a half hour now. Wicked. Which is, which is big for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, um, my, the two sets that I did at uh, Superbooth, I did uh, two gigs in one day in Berlin, and um, oh, nice. both of them were forty-five minute sets. So, when my new my new output under the name Maths is basically it allows the reason I've kind of done this because my previous release was under my own name, and that uh, that was me really moving to a whole sort of different style of music is. Um, mm -hmm. I can either play out as a solo performer, so I can just turn up my modular and I can just I can go at you with that. Or um, I also like to incorporate real instruments and, and performers in there. So I've been working with uh, a great drummer called Scott Rowe, um, who's a producer as well. And he came to Berlin with me and he played live drums, me on the modular. And um, Very cool. Yeah, I absolutely love that sort of dynamic be because... And I hope this comes through in, in my latest releases is I, and I call it kind of psychedelic techno because I use a lot of delays and reverbs and even though it's quite straight up, but, um, mm -hmm. I feel that there's, there's movement in there. You know, I'm always playing around with filters, opening and closing sounds, making sounds longer, shorter, octaves, playing around with all of that. It, it, there's quite a lot of movement in the sound and having a live drummer doing all those sort of nuanced hi-hat shuffles and, and and pushing and pulling on the beats um sort of there's a connection there between the electronic music which should be kind of rigid but in my case mm -hmm. it's not and then you've got live performance too and it's a real power unit on stage and i think the audience really got that and i even had uh, I'm, I'm even dabbling with a, a live bassist playing with us now as well so there'll be a three-piece so Depending if we're playing at a festival, I can go out as a, I can go out as a two or a three piece, or it, if they just want me at a festival, just playing on my own, I can I can go out and do that. So it's it, my whole live set now is scalable. I can make it as I can accommodate awesome. basically any anything in there now. So so yeah, that was going to be my question. So you're 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 set up to play this ambient set, but you've had your system patched in such a way that it is your instrument. Yeah. You can pull an ambient scent out of that without having to repatch. Yeah, I, I that's I, so cool. I think I can. Um, I'm yet to do it. <laughs> I, it's, I'm working on it now. But you know, the, the, for a start, the, the kick drums go. I've I've got lots of envelopes so I can play around with slow attack times. I've I've got um, the, the the things that are creating the chords for me. I've just bought the Cubit Chord Two module, so 
Yeah, I, that's on the list. It's a good one, man, because it's it's got the option now where you can you can change the three or four voices all independently of each other. So that oh nice yeah it's really rather than it just playing a static chord and it jumps to another course chord you can actually sequence the individual uh notes of the chord so uh it's a, it's awesome wow that, yeah, that sounds like that would be uh, really awesome to have yeah so that that running through like the big sky and the um el capistan for some delays is going to be big and then i'll probably have some kind of distorted bass that's running through a lot of reverb as well sort of rumbling away in the bottom that i think mm -hmm. that's going to be my main approach and just just let something grow and grow and grow um uh yeah that's going to be my approach let's but it, i'm sure i'm sure i can pull it out uh, well, let me know how it goes are you going to record it yeah i think it's going to be recorded and i'll probably put it up on my youtube channel i've got a couple of videos to put up there on my youtube channel from from Superbooth anyway and there was a there was a proper recording made of us by Superbooth when we played so that'll be going up on their on their site as well soon so yeah I'll let you know when he goes up great yeah I would love to and I'll direct the listeners to it wherever it is because I want to see <clears throat> excuse me I want to see how you can pull that off um so I wanted to talk about so it seems like with the with the rebranding I, I guess that's I don't like that yeah, word but you know you, you changed yeah yeah it's what you've you've kind of switching things up i'm wondering yeah. you're, you're also um somewhat recent recently sober right is this yeah. is this part of all that and yeah um, did you want to talk a little bit about that um, for anybody out there who's maybe struggling with something we certainly don't oh, okay. have to no no i'm happy to do that i mean you know the yeah it's mental health and and what have you and looking after yourself is is you know we got to look after ourselves out there mm -hmm. and yeah i'm i'm sober actually i'll be 12 months sober in in three days time which oh, would be wow. cool yeah so i you know i i'm 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 kind of i'm kind of done with with my um my relationship with alcohol not that it was it was an issue um mm -hmm. but it was it was something that i i just didn't want basically in my life anymore and i also i'm I was so busy, I couldn't afford to have days hungover or, or and that kind of thing in in there anymore. So, yeah, for the for the past year, I've I've just been sober and I've just been working hard on on myself and a lot of life changes and and personal growth and development, focusing on the music, um, and just just working hard and discipline really um, moving forward. So. So you know, I still go out and have fun, and and I'm yeah. with, with my friends and stuff. You know, that doesn't stop. But I'd I'd strongly recommend it if if anyone out there is is thinking that they've had a a bad they've got a bad relationship with with alcohol or whatever in their life. Um, you know, take a look at it. And yeah, hey, if anyone wants to reach out to me, even and wants to chat about it, I've I've done that for quite a number of people. Um, find me on Facebook or, or on YouTube or whatever or Instagram and. Um, shout out to me it's no problem at all um, and yeah if I if I can help support in any way I'm happy to that's fine well I really appreciate that and uh, I'm sure there's some people listening out there who uh, this this just struck a chord with them and I'm kind of 
in a position where um, I don't have a bad relationship with. I certainly have a bad relationship with um, with hangovers. Those are never fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot yeah. of my uh, a lot of the time that I use to uh, work on the podcast is like on a Sunday. So, yeah, sometimes if I go hard on a Saturday, it's it's a little hard to get everything done. Yeah. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm 35 and. I'm I'm from a small town in the mountains of Washington State, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, right. um, you know, so it was pretty common to start, you know, not drinking like habitually, but having, you know, once a month partying, you know, at yeah. 14, 15 years old. Yeah. So here I'm at a point in my life where it's been 20 years since I've gone longer than probably 30 days without drinking. And right. there's just part of me that's kind of like, I wonder what it would be like to just not so th- I'm definitely kicking it around because it's not like it's a super important part of my life. But something that you said that I think will re- will resonate with anybody kind of on the edge of this is you say you still go out and you still have fun with your friends and none of that changed. And I think yeah. that's what stops so many people. Right. They think, well, I'm not going to be able to go out and, you know, cause it, but uh, it's probably how long did it take until you found that you were going out into into environments where people were drinking and it wasn't difficult for you to refrain um yeah or has I, that happened <laughs> yeah that's it's definitely happened i mean i i sit in a i sit in a bar now and before you'd sit and you'd look at all the beers and the whiskeys and you think oh i'm gonna have one and oh yeah that's nice uh-huh. I, I just don't have that attachment i look at it all now and i just it really doesn't interest me anymore and you know i, I come i come from northeast lincolnshire and we're, we're good at drinking up there in, in the uk <laughs> yeah. you know um and uh but yeah, it takes a, it takes a while, and there is this. Yeah, you're right. People have this whole thing, which is like uh, you think you think you're losing something because the words are you're going to give up drinking, but what you gain is much more. What you gain is your health. You gain clarity, um, strength, the ability to grow mentally and physically. You gain time. You gain money. Um, you you yeah i I only see gain from from stopping drinking really and i go out with my pals still and you know when they've had a few to drink and they start getting annoying i'm like okay i'm leaving you guys to it i'm off home i'm gonna write some music or you know whatever yeah yeah um (laughs) and so it's it's all good and they respect me for for that and it's our culture man you know it's friday night we go for a drink and that's what you do and i've Mm -hmm. done that and it's just kind of like i've I've done that. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm going to be sober forever, um, but I, I certainly have no desire to drink. And I've, I've been through a lot in this time. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been on holiday to, to great places in the world where there's just alcohol. Just help yourself. Um, I've <laughs> Christmases. Uh, sorry, last Christmas I've been through my birthday. Um, I've, I've recently ended. We've. Uh, a very long relationship with my wife um that that's come to an end so i've been through some massive massive changes in my life completely sober without having to turn to the bottle or or uh, or anything like that and um i'm glad i've been able to do all of that sober and you know what it shouldn't it shouldn't be that hard but it shows us how much we kind of sometimes rely on substances yeah, well, that's really good to hear. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, that's 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 a true testament to like how how badly you want it, or, or just how done you are with it. Is yeah. to say you've been all these things that you've been through, and and you haven't 
you know, turned back. So yeah. that's yeah. Uh, good on you for that. That's that's Thanks, really man. cool. And um, yeah, so I think I've, I've been kicking around the idea. My uh, me and my wife are going to try to start having a baby probably in September. Cool. And she's not going to be able to drink when she gets pregnant. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just try out a year of, of sobriety with with her. That's a um, good. That's a good way. Yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I'm going to do that. So Hannah, if you're <laughs> listening, don't don't hold me to it. But. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think you know when you're ready as well to to kind of stop drinking. I think you, yeah. I think you've got to go right. I've, I'm done with that. I woke up one morning and. I, I downloaded this app, actually. It was called um, I Am Sober. And you write in there why you want to stop drinking. And I did that when I had this deathly hangover. And I mm-hmm. just wrote down how I felt right there and then and why I wanted to stop. And then every now and then it reminds you. And you're just like, yeah. Or in the morning you can have it remind you, you this is why you're not drinking today. Because you said da-da-da-da. So, yeah, oh, I think, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Just get little things like that, man. Cool. Um, well, well, thank you, know, you for sharing that. I, yeah. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I was playing out, like, say, in Berlin, and that's that's party central. And yeah. I was playing at, like, <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, and, I yeah, I was probably the only sober person in the club. But um, <laughs> I had a great time, and I had a great time meeting people. And, yeah, it's all, it's all good, man. Right well, on. Well, yeah, thanks again that. for sharing that. It's all right. And uh, no, it said thanks again for sharing all that. And, man, we're at an hour, and we haven't covered everything. So I don't know if you got a little bit more um, time. Yeah, but if yeah, yeah. Um, well, I just want mind. I thought I'd just go back to a little bit about um, the live streaming that I've been doing as well. Just because yeah, yeah. that sort of connects playing live with studio. Because I, if you, if anyone out there is, follows me on YouTube, um, I've got about I don't know seven hundred and ninety followers now, or something, which is which is awesome for me, and that's great. I've kind of built that up in the last year doing live streams for my studios, and I do. I do a few series where if I've got a new module or something, I'll sort of explore the module with them. So it's it's not a tutorial like you get from um, the people like like uh, DivKid and and Mylar and you know those awesome guys. It's more um, it's more here's me using it and this is how I'm using the modules and and then I'll I also do live stream full on live sets from from my studio and they came about nice. really because I. Um, because I was testing out this idea of can I just use this unit as as something I can use in a studio and then I can take it out and play live with it. So, um, yeah, go check them out. And if you've got any questions about how I'm using the modules or how I'm putting stuff together or how I'm performing, just leave something in the comments and I'm more than happy to do that, I'm, to answer. I'm, I'm, I've actually just been uh, sent the SSP module by Percussor, which... If anyone's familiar with it, it's probably the biggest Eurorack module out there. It, this thing's <laughs> huge, and it's it's essentially a computer. It's got it's got uh, eight outputs and sixteen inputs. It's got USB in inputs as well, um, and it's. I mean, I've only had it um, about a week, and I'm using it f- in the same patch. I've got. Um, I've got I've made a polyphonic synthesizer, I've got sample playback, I've got reverbs and delays running, I've got step sequences going and the unit's not even like 10% running at its max. This this thing is Dang. absolutely awesome. It's yeah, it's still <laughs> uh, uh, Bert um and his partner are, uh, they're writing stuff for it all the time so it's in development and and the forums really active where people are saying oh, it'd be cool if it did this and do that and he's working some stuff. So I'm going to do some videos 
on the SSP because I think it's one of those modules where people look at it and go, God, it's so big, um, I can't fit it in my rack. But what I think it's going to do for me, it's going to replace a lot of small things um, quite well, really. That's funny you mentioned that. I, I'm currently um, getting to know the the low gain electronics dub matrix, oh, yeah. which is a, be- a behemoth. It's 42 HP, um, and when I first saw it, I was like, "Well, man, what?" A-. But um, it's totally different than what you're talking about. But kind of the same idea of, "Oh, this will just this will take the place of a lot of things," and it's it's within just you know a few days of using it, I'm like, "Okay, this is extraordinarily useful." So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I think this this has taught me my lesson of um, don't worry about stuff being too big. I think I think people worry about stuff being too big because real estate is so expensive. Um, mm. But you yeah. know, it's like what how you use that real estate is yeah is is uh, I don't know. It's it's not size dependent, I guess. Yeah. And I've got to be honest with you. In my studio, I don't just have the seven U rack, which I which yeah. I can talk about. I've got I've got a second seven U, which has got more modules, and then I've got a three six nine. I've got another thirteen U over over there as well. So I've got <laughs> I've got lots of stuff. So what I tend to do is my main seven U rack. What I'll do sometimes is if I do need a bit more inspiration, I'll take something like. Uh, I'll take something out of, I just call it my kind of experimental rack. So in there I've got Uh weird envelopes like the Mannequins Just Friends or the Uh Zadar by Chaos Devices, which uh, can kick out um, strange envelopes. And I'll just inject that into my main case somewhere and just come and just see what it does and just for a little bit of inspiration. And I might record that down just as audio. And I used to use, uh, for sample playback, I used to use the Bitbox 10, yep. the 1010 bitbox which which is awesome by the way if anyone's been looking at that um check check those guys out they're they're really good it's solid piece of hardware um but this percussor ssp now i'm i've already started sampling stuff straight into it and saving and creating some cool little loops and things like that so i i can really see that being central to to a lot of what i'm going to do when i'm playing live in terms of sample playback and stuff which Mm-hmm. which is still a big part of my sound as much as I'm using oscillators and, and envelopes and filters. I, drums for me and drum sounds, you know, hi-hats, kick drums, weird percussion, that kind of stuff. I need to play them back, back somehow. And I'm, I'm playing them back from the Octatrack at the minute, but um, I think the SSP is going to replace the Octatrack, I think, eventually. Oh, we okay. We shall see, yeah. All right. Well, since we're on the topic of, um, of like, gear and whatnot... Um, I, I think I would, I would just like to hear a little bit on how you got hooked up. It seems like you're on Sonic State quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think maybe if people are listening, they're like, I recognize this voice. It's, it might be from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> yeah, they let me into their cool little family, um, Nick and Gaz and the crew. They're really cool. Like, uh, I reached out to them and um, uh, and we just got chatting and, and I was invited to to be on the show um maybe because my my part of my background as well is not only studio and production but also working in education as well so so yeah i'm on that show do check us out we did one on last wednesday which was really cool um it's really nice to to connect with the community out there and that's Mm -hmm. another reason why you know 
um, podcasts like this and uh, what you're doing, I think is absolutely fantastic because anyone listening to this now, um, you know, hello, it's great, <laughs> great to connect with you and thanks for listening and all that. And, uh, um, and I like it to be two way as well. So when I'm, when I'm doing those shows, I've always got the screen open with typing to, to people and connecting with them and, I really like that. And then they come in at the shows. They're like, hey, Matt, I uh, recognize you from from Sonic State or from your YouTube live streams. And, and that's really cool. So, yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice sort of community, this at the minute, I still think. Yeah. This whole world. Well, I, yeah, de- definitely. And I appreciate you throwing me throwing me in there. It, is, uh, it has been really, really just surreal and awesome with uh who i've been able to meet and have yeah. conversations with and who's um you know who reaches out and 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 says that they listen to the show and everything it's uh it's quite cool so and it's i just feel like this this community is coalescing more and more around stuff like um you know sonic state what div kid does and yeah. just like the modular on the spots and you know yeah um yeah so. absolutely um mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's great. And playing playing out in Berlin and meeting some people was good. Was really cool. I've I'm play. I think I'm playing at the uh, a couple of shows. We've got a modular meet coming up in in Brighton. I I I think I'm playing at that once. One of the guys said I'm playing at that, so I think I'm playing at that. And um, uh, and I've got this rough trade one. So if anyone is in the UK and they're coming along to that, do come say hello. And um, like I say, also hit hit me up on on instagram i'm pretty much on there a lot and on uh on youtube i've also got um a spotify playlist that i've just recently curated which uh every month i add a new song onto and remove a song so it's kind of like one in one out and these are songs that have kind of inspired me or things that i'm listening to a lot at the moment as well so if you you want to check that out just okay that's um, interesting yeah so. i've actually had a few people i keep forgetting but i've had a few people write into me and say hey talk talk more to your guests about what they're listening to oh, so yeah. just like a, let's do a speed round what's if what's in your proverbial uh you know five disc changer right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> which uh which is just dated myself there yeah right <laughs> um so what have i got i'm listening to a guy called rob cluth a lot at the minute go check out okay. his production this guy rob cluth is just wow he's uh, i think he's based in barcelona um i think he's a british guy and he's on leisure system label and oh man he's he's a big max msp whiz and oh, okay. just just in terms of you was talking about layers and things like that he's he's great at that um i'm list, who else am i listening to rival consoles i'm listening to them quite a lot at the moment uh max cooper John Hopkins, uh, yeah. SNTS, which is just really hard, dark techno. Just okay. check out SNTS on uh, Instagram, anyone, and it's just uh, the dude wears a, a cloak and a, a black mask, and it's just so <laughs> evil looking. Um, uh, Andy Stott, uh, don't know if you've heard yeah. Andy Stott stuff. He's, yeah, he's quite cool, definitely. Um, obviously, um, people like James Holden uh as well he's 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 someone that i've been really inspired by and i've managed to spend a bit of time with him as well i interviewed him and uh managed to see how he uses modular and some of his his bespoke software that he's built using max msp is really cool um oh katarina uh barbiera 
Um, yeah. She, yeah, she's just amazing. Seen her live a couple of times, and it's that is a real experience. Um, and then, oh yeah, there's a there's a cool dude as well who I know in Berlin, Ansem. Uh, again, who makes really dark techno. Uh, How do you spell that? A N S O M E. Um, okay. And cool. he, he plays plays a lot in the UK, in Berlin, that kind of thing. Um, but also check out his Instagram because he's always in the studio, new modules, and yeah, he yeah he know he's a he's a proper whiz as well. Um, I think he's. He used to use the Octatrack as well with his modular, but I think he's now using the Akai Force. Have you seen the Akai Force? I have not. New no. thing. It's it's essentially like Ableton, but in a in a hardware unit. Um, oh, yeah, it's really cool. It's it's quite expensive, and yeah, um, <laughs> but it, it does everything kind of well, not everything, but it, it's basically Ableton in a hardware unit. So, for those of you who are using Ableton out there and you don't really want to take a laptop on stage. Um, this is probably the next best thing out there you, you want to check out. Very cool. Sweet. Well, thanks for all those recommendations. I think I've got a pretty cool adjective and noun combo for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> noisy, right. noisy accent. Noisy accent. Oh, right. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be something nice and calm so I could maybe have done some tripped out ambient stuff. I could, but I no. could try. I could try again. Noisy accent. No, I, I think it's I think it's going <laughs> to, this is going to have to be something a bit raucous and a bit distorted. Well, I figured since we were talking about distortion so much that it kind of fit. All right. So I've got this expert sleepers little Mikey. And, you know, the best way I can demo it for you is to talk to you through it. So right now, technically, I'm talking through my modular synth. But you don't want to hear me talk through my modular synth just like with, with nothing cool happening. So um, I figured because I, I really wanted to show this thing off. And uh, one of my neighbors, actually, he's in uh, a men's choir here in Seattle. I thought, you know, what? why don't you come up? And and sing me one of your favorite hymns, but I'm going to rewrite the the words, um, so we can turn it into an ad for the little Mikey from Expert Sleepers. So, um, my uh, my good friend Godfrey is here, and uh, he's going to sing a little ditty. But first, I'm going to just show you how I can turn up the uh, I can turn up the, the volume uh, here in the Chrono Blob Two. Chrono Bob 2, if I haven't told you yet, is a very fun module. Fun module. And then I'm running through an elements. And then I'm running through an elements. You can hear that there. You can hear that there. Ooh. And then uh, running through clouds. And then uh, running through clouds. And that is where it gets really, really funky. So yeah. So without any further ado, I'm gonna let Godfrey. Thanks again, buddy. Uh, see you a little, little ditty. Have you ever, have you ever wanted to sing through your modular system? Well, now you can with little Wow, that was beautiful. Dude, thank you so much for doing that. Um, okay, yeah, 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 go ahead and go. I got I to gotta get back to this demo in a second anyways. Um, but maybe Thursday? Takeout? Cool. 
Wait, I, I can't Thursday. I can't Thursday. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, you live right downstairs. We'll figure it out. All right, thanks again, dude. I got to get back to this demo. Um, all right, guys. So, well, thank you so much for uh, listening to my friend Godfried there. Um, beautiful voice. If you'd like to hear him perform live, you can go to uh, the St. Mark's Cathedral every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Um, he does a little little free concert there with his uh with his his choir buddies. Anyways, go to expertsleepers.co.uk to learn more about little Mikey and allrightdevices.com to learn more about the Chrono Blob too. Sweet. How was noisy accent? Well, noisy accent. I really got into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was having a lot of fun with that. Good. Uh, yeah, that was um that was full on distortion, delays. Yeah, that was hard. Um <laughs> It was good. Yeah, I had my headphones on the whole time as well, so it was just really Im- immersive for what I was doing. Nice, nice. So how did you feel with the 15-minute the clock hanging over your head? Yeah, that was okay because I've got, like I say, this is kind of pre-patched. What I was able to do was, was use, yeah, I was mainly used, able to use everything that was going on here. Um, so I started with the, with the VCO6, my main bass oscillator, um, and I take three different outputs um three different waveforms a a sine wave a sawtooth and a triangle and i run them into a little mixer um so i can choose kind of the harmonic content to begin with i then ran that into the um sonic xv uh, diode ladder wave filter by ajh synths which is an awesome filter um and it's got wave shaping on the input so I was able to then kind of slightly destroy those waveforms even further. Um, that then, I ran that then into two different s- distortions, the Strackle Brulu and the um, the Torcedo. Um, and I just made a little patch within that with some additional kind of uh, overdrive and distortions. Um, that then I had some filtering going on on the uh, on on the distortion and the and the Sonic XV using the Intelligel Quadra, which by the way, those envelopes are probably that's probably the first module I ever bought, and it's still in my case in terms of envelopes. Just the the four attack and decays are just so simple, but they nice. sound, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a touch of reverb and delay on at the end, so it just kind of it just kind of grows and grows and builds and swells, and uh, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was quite fitting for the title. So I hope you guys like it. Yeah, but I can't wait to check it out. Stick some headphones on. Maybe, um, maybe someone might download it and stick a kick drum underneath it because it kind of <laughs> sounds, sounds like it needs it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on. Well, Matt, this was a great, great time. It was lovely to finally get to to meet you. And um, yeah, thank you. And, uh, yeah, where, what, what do you want people to go check out that are all things maths? maths. Oh, yes. Yeah, maths. So, <laughs> um, obviously, you can go to my website, mathsmathsmaths.com. And you, <laughs> yeah, um, and you can actually enter a competition. I'm giving away 10 uh, copies of my new release on vinyl. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's free to enter. Um, you just enter on my website, um, the and then I'm going to be on the Sunday, the 30th of June on my YouTube channel. I'm going to be drawing out the names to 10 lucky winners. Um, 
so go do that. Get yourself a free copy of vinyl. You also get a free download of uh, an ambient track, uh, a one-hour-long ambient oh, nice. track that I've produced, which which is great for anyone out there who works maybe during the daytime at a computer and they just want something on in the background to zone out to while they're just sort of like doing computer-based stuff. That's that's what it's for. In fact, I I also run a um, I do a a podcast which you can find on Apple on iTunes and and what have you called the Ambient Hour, which is um, every now and then I just put one hour long ambient jams, um, which you can you can listen to and relax to or work to, um, put on in the background out while you're walking. So yeah, go check that out. Um, I've also got some live dates coming up as I mentioned Thursday the 27th of June at Rough Trade East if you want to come along to that it's free I'll be doing my special ambient set there's the Brighton Modular Meet July 19th to 21st of June that's in Brighton UK and then there's um, in Aldershot in the UK I'm also playing at Modular Cafe who's having a birthday party along with some other big names that I can't announce just yet but that's on the 14th (laughs) of september and that's going to be a really really good gig there's some some people there you you'll, you'll know the names of um Very but yeah cool. go go check out my my new release it's on um it's on spotify it's on apple music um you you can buy it you can stream it uh and yeah oh uh, go go and uh subscribe to my youtube channel because i'm going to be doing some new live streams on there soon uh particularly looking at this percussa ssp module if anyone is really interested in that um and um and and just thanks so much for having me on it's been really great as i mentioned before we went on air i i always listen into this podcast so it's great to give something back i'm usually listening to this when i'm out in the fields walking uh <laughs> sort of re-energizing my brain and getting out of studios for a little bit and connecting with nature so yeah thanks for having me it's been really cool man absolutely yeah and thank you for uh sharing so much uh, especially the, your personal stuff and uh you're a busy guy it's uh keep yeah. it up man lots of good yeah. stuff happening i like to be busy <laughs> <laughs> Now please enjoy Noisy Accent by Maths.
right. Thank you so much for being back with us here at Podular Modcast. Thank you, Matt, for being on the show. We've been trying to pin that down for a while, but it's always hard with our friends on the other side of the pond due to the the time difference. Um, so we made it work. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the Expert Sleepers Disting Mark IV on all their uh, awesome firmware updates and the little Mikey. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive back into some low gain electronic stuff next week. Um, don't forget to go check out Needham Woodworks if you want yourself a nice piece of handcrafted furniture that is also a Eurorack case. Um, NeedhamWoodworks.com. N e e d h a m Woodworks.com. Um, what else? Thank you again to all the Patreon subscribers. Again, if you recently just became a Patreon subscriber and you chose the, uh, the patch Instagram where you submit me an adjective and noun, uh, send me an email and give me my adjectives and nouns so I can get working on your patches. And if you'd like to be a Patreon subscriber, you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Until next week.